Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Neil Bantelman is a teacher from Burlington, Ontario. This is... um. A very unusual story. And I've gone back and I, early this morning, or quite early this morning, I went back and I read everything I could about the case. And I've been following it. I'm going to talk to his brother in a second. But just a bit of an overview here. We'll get Guy Bantleman's words. But I just, I'll tell you what I saw. At the moment, Mr. Bantleman is imprisoned in Indonesia, convicted along with an Indonesian teaching assistant of sexually assaulting little boys at the prestigious Jakarta Intercultural School. His conviction re-established by the Indonesian Supreme Court just a couple of days ago after just 48 hours of deliberation of a high court decision to free Mr. Battleman. No witnesses were called to the Supreme Court hearing. And much is seriously wrong with this case, and both the Canadian and the U.S. governments are challenging Indonesia and warning relations between the countries may suffer because of this case. I have absolutely zero empathy for child abusers. But one Indonesian court found the mother of one of the victims to be guilty of having defamed Mr. Bantelman and ordered the mother to pay 146700 in fines. So there's a lot going on here, and clarification is required. And it just, you know when things don't pass the smell test? This one doesn't even come close to passing the smell test. Guy Bantelman joins me on The Roy Green Show. Guy, thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Roy. Let's begin by pointing out that your brother had and uh, continues to have a great deal of support from teachers, the principal, and former students of the Jakarta Intercultural School in Indonesia. Um, there are so many questions about what has taken place in that country concerning your brother, Neil, the police investigation, the trial, the various levels of courts and decisions they arrived at, and the strong criticism of your brother's treatment by the Canadian government and the U.S. government. What is your brother and a teaching assistant convicted of specifically, in your words, what were the circumstances which led to your brother's arrest and detention, which went on for months, July 2014, until charges were laid sometime in November? Yeah, so the, to summarize, Neil was uh, accused, uh, along with uh, his teaching assistant associate, of, um, of, of breaking a law related to uh, child abuse. And uh, this really is a story that, you know, it's unbelievable when you start to delve into it, but it's a, it's a, a mother who made allegations that really didn't have any evidence or corroboration to back it up. It was merely an allegation with no physical, medical evidence at all. And he was been caught up in a, in a judicial system that is corrupt, and it's just been pushed pushed forward without any real uh, warranted evidence. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that that mother, and uh, she was 
and, and you said, as you said, the uh, there's no medical examination, or at least a medical examination shows no signs of any physical interference with the three boys. Uh, the mother was found to have defamed your brother and was ordered to pay a fine of $164,700. So the question then becomes, how does it go from there to being a, a, a jail sentence of 10 years, a prison sentence, and then an, a, an overturning of that sentence by the high court, and then an overturning of the high court decision by the Supreme Court, which heard no witnesses? It's, in a word, it's bizarre. Yeah, and the best we can really interpret it, this was, again, allegations that were made with, with no evidence uh, really provided. It was backlash in the Indonesian populace that really did think there was something going on at the school. And uh, it was pushed forward in, as I said, a, a corrupt system with lawyers and police officers and judges. Uh, they seemed to get more of a fair hearing when they appealed their sentence in uh in August of 2015, and and won a full acquittal. And again, you get to the Supreme Court level. Uh, the panel gets named on Monday. They make their decision on Tuesday and completely reverse the decision. We unfortunately haven't been able to get a copy of their decision yet. That'll probably be a month in uh, in coming. But we still are in disbelief as far as how it's got to this level with with no evidence or even the evidence that they provided has all been. Uh, you know, dismissed by the defense team with, with reports that we've had with outside expert witnesses that have basically said there was no issue here. There was no uh, incident with this little boy. There's no medical evidence. So a medical examination was done. There's no evidence of any, uh, of any interference of any kind physically with a little boy. Correct. And, uh, and, and evidence is brought by prosecutors t into the court, but evidence on your brother's behalf was routinely dismissed or ignored. The lower court ruling, so the first case that my brother went through, the trial judge dismissed every piece of evidence that the defense tried to put forth. What's the angle, what's the story, what's the aspect of the story that involves a number of janitors who are also charged? One of the janitors committed suicide. What's, what's that about? So the initial allegations were made against uh, a group of six uh, janitors, uh, five males and one female. Uh, the mother brought the allegation forward, and in addition to those allegations, she brought forward a $12.5 million lawsuit. The school obviously reacted very, very quickly to the allegations, and they wanted to investigate. They were very clear that this was not about, you know, a monetary sum. This was about finding out the truth and making sure that the children were, were protected. Uh, you know, unbeknownst to, I think, the mother or the people that kind of conjured up the story, they realized that the, um, the janitors are actually third-party outsourced. They are not employees of the school, so the $12.5 million that they were seeking obviously would never be uh, addressed. Uh, I, I will note that the, the, the suicide, I would put in quotes, the individual died in custody after drinking cleaning fluid, uh, but we have, I have seen autopsy pictures for myself, and this individual's face is beaten beyond recognition. His lips are sewn shut, so I have significant doubt on the suicide comment. So you've told us about what's happened in court, the inconsistencies, the, um, I guess the lies, the manufacturing of evidence and the unwillingness of the lower court to hear any testimony or, or give credence to testimony and, and evidence on your brother's behalf.
what do you know of your brother's true story? Do you, I have to ask you this question, Guy. Yeah. Do you trust him? 100%. There is nothing in Neil's past, in Neil's history, that shows anything uh, related to these sorts of incidents. And when I look at this case in totality, there is not one piece of evidence that would ever bring anybody to doubt the validity of his complete innocence. And, I, and I've said that to people. This question's been asked before, and I don't take offense to it. If someone can show me one piece of evidence, one piece, then we can further that discussion. But to date, over two years, nothing has been brought forward. One of the interesting aspects to consider is if a similar charge had been made in Canada, if the Canadian justice system were engaged instead of the Indonesian justice system, how would things have been different? Well, I, I think to paint the picture a little bit, you know, the allegation basically is that uh, an individual went to a classroom at 10 o'clock in the morning, took this little boy out of his class, took him to Neil's office. Neil's office is four solid glass walls in the administrative area of the school. The boy was drugged. The boy was attacked. The boy was cleaned up and then put back in class 30 minutes later. And that's how they describe this issue happening over and over again, multiple occasions. There is not one adult who has come forward that the police was able to find that would say, yes, we saw this little boy in his office. Yes, we saw an issue. There is not one piece of medical evidence. There's not one sign of physical abuse on this boy. There is no change in the behavior of this boy, the psychological makeup of this little boy. Um, there is not one piece of physical evidence. But the, the testimony talks about Neil snapping his fingers and producing a magic stone from the air and anesthetizing the little boy if he wasn't willing to drink a magic blue potion to drug him during all this. In a Canadian sense, or in North American sense, investigations would look for physical pieces of evidence, physical abuse, medical reports that show something. I, I submit that the Canadian legal system, this wouldn't have got past the allegation stage. Well, there's there's so much in, there's so much inconsistency, and if you're if you're talking, and again, I I have zero zero empathy for anyone who assaults a child, but there's. There's also the issue of fairness and, and and treating people appropriately and giving them um, their just due in in a in a justice proceeding. And if your brother has four glass walls in his office, how can they possibly say that he did what they say he did? And then you have courts disagreeing with each other and making decisions. The Supreme Court of Indonesia making a decision within 24 hours without hearing any witnesses to overturn a decision made by a court immediately below it, the high court, which acquitted your brother uh, from the charges, or at least the conviction that was brought forward by, by the lower court. Uh, I, I got to take a break here. We're going to come back and we'll talk more with Guy Bantelman about, uh, about his brother, because some things have been said and some things have been written on social media. And we're going to talk to Guy Bantelman about that. Stay with us. I am uh, speaking with Guy Bantelman about his brother, Neil, who's in prison in uh, Jakarta in Indonesia and the uh, circumstances that you've been hearing talked about. Guy, there have been some very aggressive things said and written, uh, particularly on social media. There have been some very aggressive things written about uh, about your brother 
And when we talked, you mentioned that even some shots have been taken at your at your mother. Um, what do you say to people who do this? Because there's always an emotional or visceral reaction whenever there's a story about you know attacks on children. There's going to be that emotional visceral reaction. What's your response to that? Yeah, I think you know as I've gone through it, you need to step back. Obviously, I need to take a breath when I, I read those things or have to respond to those sorts of things and. I think in society today, with social media the way it is, you, you see these accusations. And, and in a lot of cases, you do have something behind the, the story. And I think that's, uh, that's something that, we, that nobody can deny. I agree with you. I think these, are, you know, these allegations are you know, awful. They're kind of the, one of the worst crimes I think you can be accused of. But I think you need to do two things. Number one, you need to delve into the story. You need to delve into the situation that Neil has found himself in the the allegations who's made the allegations what's behind them the the lack of evidence the entire case i think that's important and i also think it's important to to realize that today you know in society someone's accused of something and it's deny 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 and then something comes out at the end and you know i will you know you know go to the nth of uh, of time you know defending my brother i know he's completely innocent i don't believe an in- incident ever occurred i don't think that there was Anything between my brother and his teaching associate or the, the janitors, I, I think it's, you know, preposterous. I think the story has been made up and fabricated all in the name of greed and money at the end of the day. And again, I encourage anyone to, to look at the facts of the case uh, and understand it completely before drawing a conclusion. So what are your options now as a family? What's your, what are your brother's options under Indonesian law? What can Canada do to assist? Uh, as far as the judicial legal system, Neil has uh, something called a judicial review available to him. And once the uh, final opinion is rendered by the Supreme Court, his law team will look at that and uh, deal with how they launch an appeal from that perspective. They do need to introduce new evidence, and there are some medical reports that will be new and will be provided uh, into uh, the court system there. From a diplomatic point of view, and I actually believe that is probably our best option at this point, uh, the Canadian government, along with the U.S., uh, the British, the Australian, have all come out with very strong statements supporting Neil. Uh, we need to continue to, to push that dialogue. We need to make sure there's interaction between Canada and Indonesia at the highest diplomatic level. And thirdly, we are going to start working with a law firm in Toronto that has expertise in extradition and dealing with sovereign nations and look at what sort of options we have there, what sort of appeals we can launch uh, to continue to fight until uh, Neil is uh, returned to Canada. When you mention uh, there, there's money at play, so there are people within the Indonesian system, whether it's government or justice or both, who stand uh, or, or stood to benefit financially from this case. Absolutely. When we first started kind of looking into the person who made the allegations, connections, who else would have been involved, uh, the different players from the judiciary to the police, uh, there were several people. Uh, you know, we were talking about 125 million dollars is what she, you know, her final number was when she launched um, her uh, accusations with Neil, and that's uh, you know obviously a, an extraordinary number. There was also reports, and some of the people I've talked to said that she was very willing to drop the allegations in return for a payoff of several million dollars. This is the same woman who was fined by the Indonesian court 146,700 dollars for defaming your brother. Yeah, I'll actually, just a correction there, Roy. Uh, she was actually uh, found guilty through the uh, Singapore legal system. Okay. She she sent several emails, text messages, WhatsApp messages from Singapore. 
they have very, very strict uh, anti-libel laws. And uh, the um, the appeal was uh, launched there, the, the, the lawsuit against this woman, and they found in favor of Neil and the school uh, through Singapore. Okay. Now, Singapore has very, very strict laws on, on everything. Yes. So, but, and your brother has the support of fellow teachers, the principal at the school, and students he's taught in the past have started, uh, some time ago, started a very strong support system for him. Yeah, absolutely. The school has stood by Neil uh, from day one. And uh, Neil is still an employee of the school, and they have uh, ensured that Neil's protection is there. He's got uh, access to, you know, good legal representation and all the services he needs to get through this. Uh, we've seen letters of support from current students at uh, the GIS school and also from the school he, uh, he's taught at in Canada. And everyone has come out um, to a person supporting Neil completely. How is he... Uh, physically, emotionally, and what what are conditions like in the prison that he's in? Uh, he's you know gaining some strength back. Obviously, we were we were rocked on on Tuesday night when we we found out about this and uh, needed to you know start getting his head wrapped around spending more time in jail. Neil uh, was really thinking that we were coming to the end of this nightmare and that he'd be returning back to Canada. Uh, currently, he is being processed into kind of a, a long term section of the prison. And um, he's currently sharing a cell with about 300 other inmates. And that will change over the next coming weeks, and he'll move into his, his own cell as he goes forward. All right. And you're, uh, you're hoping for the best from the uh, Canadian government, and uh, you'll have legal representation uh, perhaps from Toronto with a, com- with a, uh, a law firm that uh, specializes in, in extradition cases. It, it Just the more I read about it, Guy, the more I, uh, I looked at the case and I read and read and read different reports by different writers, it all comes together to, um, to, to form, for me at least, the conclusion again, it doesn't pass the smell test, there's something terribly wrong here. And it just seems to me that your brother is on is, is, has been the victim in this. Yeah, you know, we we look back and we you know say, well, you know, why is why is it Neil? Why was Neil identified? So, you know, the complainant against the school talked about uh, Neil. They talked about the principal of the school, who's who's a woman, American citizen, and then his uh, a teaching assistant. And the best we can figure it out, there are two people who are on the website for the school. Neil Neil's the vice principal at the school, but it was this principal and Neil himself. And Neil, you have to remember, is six five and bald and. You know, stands out in the crowd regardless of having his, his picture on the website. And the third individual was uh, very much involved in school activities and coaching uh, teams and, and participating that way. So when, it, when you look at why he was singled out, it seems that there is some sort of appeal as far as his face was recognizable from that perspective. All right. Guy, thank you very much for spending the time. We'll stay in touch with you. Thank you, Roy. All the best. Uh, Guy Bantelman, Neil Bantelman's brother, I'm sure many of you have um, followed the story as it's developing, continues to develop in Indonesia, with the change uh, taking place this week with the Supreme Court of Indonesia overruling the High Court and uh, determining that Neil Bantelman would spend 11 years in prison, not 10, but it's not over. This is a very, very confusing situation. But again, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I've looked at legal cases for years and years. This one just does not pass the smell test. We'll be right back.